Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the interview with the Vampire TV show, and I am once again joined by Candace. Hi! I'm excited. I'm so excited about this TV show. I know I loved it. I don't think you liked it as much as I did, but I'm kind of obsessed. So I'm still forming an opinion. Uh, I've got like a few episodes left, um, but I've seen half of the show. It definitely has gotten better for me. Um, Mm -hmm. What I will say for the people who are listening, um, definitely just kind of go in knowing you have to be aware of the story that you got Mm -hmm. in the book but kind of throw it out at the same time. Um, It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not, it is, it is a retelling. Mm -hmm. It is not a faithful adaptation. So you can't, you can't, you know, decide to try to apply what you read in the book to the show. Um, That's, that's something that they immediately kind of do. And honestly, it's one of my favorite parts about the show. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to like, just like jump in um, unless you want to jump in, but we, we can just start going through it. Okay. I feel like that works best. So let's start where it all begins in episode one. So I thought the whole like interview segment on the TV, I thought it was like an ad. And then I realized it was like an ad in within the actual mm-hmm. fiction. Yes. So I thought we were just getting like a traditional yeah, same. ad run. Same. Which was, I was very like, didn't cool. I, didn't I pay for a subscription to the service to watch this show? I mean, yeah. I didn't because it was free, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Didn't I put my credit card on file? <laughs> right? I know. I was like, okay, maybe it's like a Hulu situation where you like yeah. pay a lower price or something. Yeah. And then we see him watching the TV and like flicking it off, looking irritated. Yes. So I good. think that like, I think that, so in the trailer, when I saw it, I was like, okay, so they're making the boy a man instead. Like, how is that going to change the narrative? That's going to be so different. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of the story and the way that it works kind of relies on the boy's curiosity as a young person. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't know how they're going to do this. So I love that that is the boy, right? They basically are telling you the boy from the book grows up and Louis reaches back to him after i think 30 years 35 Mm -hmm. years or something like that and they begin the conversation anew um Mm -hmm. and the boy admits that he was rash the last time they met that he had you know a host of problems and issues right like Mm -hmm. you know there are there are all of these kind of little shortcuts that they're taking to serve you to prepare you for serving you this very different take on this novel and i like mm-hmm. that they divorce it from the original right they don't give you the boy they say that was the past let's talk about how we understand ourselves now um mm-hmm. and i love that the one of the baselines of this narrative is the mutability of memory right how mm-hmm. memories change over time as you experience other things that give you new perspectives on what's happened mm-hmm. to you in your life you're able to more eloquently and more less emotionally explain what happened to you right sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a little more emotional depending on what's happened to you in your life have you been re-triggered in some way have you had the same trauma over again right there's a there's a number of things that kind of shake up um how someone remembers something in their life but like i absolutely love that this show tells you right out of the gate you know this you know the original story Mm -hmm. this is where we are now 
right? Mm-hmm. And then it allows us to kind of separate ourselves from the original text. I think that that's masterful, honestly. That's yeah. brilliant. The person who thought that up, on the money. Like, really, mm-hmm. really great job. Really great job there. That's something that I absolutely love. Um, I think that showing this new Louis being this kind of person that's actively trying to be chill, right? He's actively trying to be accepting. He's actively Mm -hmm. trying to work with this man, right? Like there's a lot of effort that this version of Louis kind of shows that Brad Pitt's Louis does not, right? Brad Pitt's Mm -hmm. Louis is just sitting in a chair, having a normal conversation. Things are chill until they're not. And then the movie's over, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. Louis in, in the movie, but the Louis in the book, I feel like this is honestly a better representation of Louis in the book because Louis in the book, like, does he complain a lot? Yes. Constant bitching. It's horrible. Yeah. However, <laughs> Louis in the book has a reason to bitch, right? He's had a bad time. Okay. He mm-hmm. has, even though he's a big whining pest, he has had a bad time and it's fair that he has these criticisms because Lestat is awful, is awful, right? Like he's, he's terrible. So, I mean, yeah. I think that this version of Louis is self-aware. He knows that he too was awful, mm-hmm. you know? He's like, so I was awful back then and you were awful back then, boy. And now you're not awful, right? I read your your memoir. You've mm-hmm. wrote, you've written about this memoir. You've had this whole life. You've neglected to say anything about me the entire mm-hmm. time. But whatever. I'm not hurt, I guess. Clearly hurt. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I really like that they have this kind of new understanding that you're getting this man who's very caged and very uh, kind of... Um, hesitant to get into this situation because he's just like you can tell he's still curious because louis Mm -hmm. sends him to dubai right where louis is now living yeah he sends him there to talk right to have this conversation but the man Mm -hmm. arrives guarded as fuck like he he arrives like what do you want right he doesn't arrive like "Ooh, i can't wait he arrives like well i've brought my stuff (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like he arrives like "Mm." And I, I, I don't know. I feel like the approach is just really great. It's, it's a very interesting and uh, unique perspective, I think, that we're getting. Yeah. I think it's very interesting the care they also take mm-hmm. to, like, make Daniel have, like, make him so human. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Very Where it's human. like, so first of all, they set this during like post-covid times Mm -hmm. which is also very interesting yes to make sure you know it's your time yes yeah yeah but they also have it that daniel has parkinson's which i don't know if the actor has parkinson's Mm -hmm. i didn't think to look that up so i'm not sure but i think it's very interesting that they gave him a condition that's like commonly found in older people because they want to show like time has not been kind to daniel Mm -hmm. which i think is very very interesting like while you have on one end louis steadfast immortal non-changing you have daniel who like is like is a whim to time which i think Mm -hmm. is very i really like this balance that they've created Mm -hmm. here because it's like when you had the young interviewer like sure you had all the curiosity but you know it still is like a young interviewer is out of time Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you have not seen what this kid has gone through like Mm -hmm. nothing's really happened to him he doesn't have the seriousness of life so i really like this relationship between the two of them because daniel's like listen i could die tomorrow i don't care yeah whatever 
Like, he's left he's left that sense of logic behind. Mm-hmm. And I think that like when and I completely agree with you, like a, a young person is going to miss the point. Right. Mm-hmm. You have a young man looking across the table at another young man. Right. That's literally interview mm-hmm. the vampire. That's the setup. There's a handsome young man that's a vampire and there's a young mm-hmm. man there that's a journalist and they're having a conversation. That's the whole book. Right. But Louis is not young. He only looks young. So I yeah. totally agree with you. Um, you have you have this man who is who's trying to grasp the futility of life from a Mm -hmm. vampire that has lived for a century, right? Like this vampire has seen the rise and fall and rise again of humanity, right? He's seen all kinds of technology kind of replace, you know, human pastimes. Like he's seen things go from simplified to deeply, deeply complex, right? Like he's Mm -hmm. seen, you know, fucking slavery to civil rights to black president, right? This man has seen everything, right? He's Mm -hmm. taken it all in. And you have this person, I mean, obviously not an interview with the vampire because that's 1975. Barack Obama was but a baby. But like mm-hmm. you have this man who has all of this experience. He's seen the birth of America, basically, mm-hmm. right? And he's trying to talk to someone who's just like still in the I'm never gonna die phase of their life, right? Teenagers, yeah. 20-somethings, a lot of a lot of people are like, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever's gonna happen, right? During COVID, a lot of those people were like, I can't really get it. Young people aren't dying. So I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna party and I'm gonna go to Coachella anyway. Right. Like mm-hmm. that was that's that's part of the early 20s experience, right? Is being like, I'm young. Nothing will happen to me, right? That's mm-hmm. not true. Um, but that's how a lot of younger people feel, right? You're just like whatever. Yeah. I mean, all of college is an experiment of well, can I drink until I pass out and not die, right? Like literally just dangerous behavior in your teens Mm -hmm. and 20s, right? Lots of it. And I think when someone tells you, hey, the world is dangerous, I'm dangerous. Mm -hmm. You're staring in the face of actual death. It's going to be really easy to write that off if you're a teenager or 20 something. It's part Mm -hmm. of your existence. So I totally agree with you on that. And I love that he comes to him with an illness, right? Three wives later children later several children later right like has had a full experience of life and is now looking death in the face in a very different way than he was when Mm -hmm. he was 20 and has to kind of not just wrap his mind around what louis is telling him now versus what he was telling him then because obviously there are going to be differences in the way the story is told all of us have that right um i can't remember there's an actual term for it that i studied uh when i was in when i was in school when i was in college um I can't remember what the term is, but um, there's there's an actual term, like a psychological term for how differently people can remember things and how memories kind of change and shape shift. Right. And like that's something that I think he kind of doubts because he's like, you're a vampire. How can time change you? You time is not time is nothing for you. Right. Time is nothing like you have nothing but time. So how Mm -hmm. can anything change? And Louis is like, it's who I am. Mm-hmm. right i've always been this way like it's a new way to view the humanity that lestat so hated and despised in louis mm-hmm. right is this humanity of change right the the, the part of human part of humanity is change right never-ending change whether you do nothing or you do everything you're gonna change right i am not who i was when i was 11 do i look similar mm-hmm. sure but have, has my body changed yes right the nature of humanity is change flux and that is not something that vampires understand or are privy to. But Louis has that quality. And I like that instead of the whole, like, he's a sap who doesn't want to kill thing and how base that kind of is, right? That's very, mm-hmm. that's, it's a very kind of 
it's one dimensional. Yeah, like it's very, you know, simple. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know, here it is, a little throwaway thing about me, right? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. Louis, you know, pat yourself on the back. Two, I've had lifetimes to think and consider and to watch the world move around me. And this is who I am now. This is how Mm -hmm. I understand myself. This is what was wrong back then that I couldn't articulate because I was too close to it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think all of us know what that's like, right? Years later, reflecting on something and being like, oh, I'm over that now. Right. Mm -hmm. The realization that this thing that caused you great pain and great harm at the time that you were obsessed with, that you couldn't let go is now beyond your reach. You're like, oh, it's Mm -hmm. gone. It's floated off somewhere else and I'm free. Right. What that means for a vampire who's literally endless. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's so smart. Like, it's so smart. It really did. It really did grab me. I know I do have problems, which we will get to. But like, it really did grab me. Like, I really Mm -hmm. love the ingenuity of how they've presented this, especially because it's not just that Louis is giving this interview to a new person who is older. Mm-hmm. It's the same guy. So you've got two people that are having to contend with the last meeting mm-hmm. in the face of this new one, right? There's just so many little things that are going on. And I love that they they give those inclusions in the lines and the way they communicate with each other throughout the series. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. I also have to mention, I really like the fact that Daniel has been permanently scarred and yes. has the bite mark still on his neck from when mm-hmm. Louis bit him when he yes. was like in his 20s. So it's like not only is he going with like the fact that this interview changed the way he lived his life forever, but he also has permanent scarring on his body mm-hmm. from the last interview he gave and he's yep. still here. Yeah, a constant reminder. And I feel yeah. like that's what that's what I think that's what draws I think we will find that is what draws Louis to him. Mm-hmm. Because Louis also has a curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. He also has a, well, why do I have to do things the way they've always been done, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a flame that he sees in himself and in Daniel. And mm-hmm. I think that that relationship is one that I am very invested in, surprisingly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm hungry to know what comes next, you know what I mean? Like what happens yeah. after that point? Because, you know, like you said, he's forever changed. He has a daily constant reminder of that conversation. He's never Mm -hmm. been able to forget it. Right. Mm -hmm. And because Louis is reaching out now, he knows Louis has never been able to forget either. And it feels Mm -hmm. very gay. And I love that. I know it's really good. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I also need to mention that. So basically we already kind of touched on this, but Louis called him there because he wants to completely redo his interview. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yep. Um, but we do get the detail that there's no more coffins. Instead, Louis has a shaded apartment, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of obsessed with. I love yeah. this idea of like new age vampires being like, yeah, blackout curtains exist. It's 2023. Yep. You know, yep. like having a very fancy apartment in a yeah. very modern apartment. Love like it. he lives in like a stone compound. Like it's spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. It's He's so like, good. where's your coffin? He's like, this is my coffin. Gestures yeah. to everything. I'm like, ooh, all right. I love it. I you love build me a coffin so too, daddy, please. Yeah. <laughs> my little penthouse, penthouse coffin, please. Please. Build it outside. <laughs> so good. So good. I yeah. am obsessed. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty top tier. I'm not going to lie to you. So, um... We're starting to get dates. I'm trying my best to keep track of all the dates. Uh, but June 20, uh, June 14, 2022 is when this interview happens. And Daniel 
is basically ready to die. Like, he kind of has said something about how he's like, all right, you know, I'm here because uh, I have nothing left to live for. Um, He's getting, like, IV treatments. So he's like, whatever, we'll do this interview. Fine. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, you could kill me right now. I don't care. Like, yeah, I have nothing to lose. Yeah. Which I kind of love for Daniel. Absolutely. So good. It's the complete opposite of where he used to be. He had Mm -hmm. everything to lose when he was 20. He was the start of his career. He was trying Mm -hmm. to make a name for himself. He was trying to let people know that he was capable of doing more and doing better. Right. But like with Louis, like Louis now sees him as, oh, you're at the end of your life. Mm -hmm. You have a memoir. You've done a bunch of interviews. Everybody knows who you are. Mm -hmm. Your star has risen and it has fallen the way that all stars must rise and fall. Mm -hmm. And now you're here. And he has, because he has nothing to lose, right? Because he's not trying to prove himself. I think Louis kind of inherently knows that the truth will win out rather than sensationalism. Because when someone's trying to make a name for themselves, I mean, like it happens all the time where someone goes a little too far as a journalist and people find Mm -hmm. out later or someone goes too far as a novelist or as a memoirist, right? And makes up a bunch of shit that's not real because they're trying to make a name for themselves, right? Um, And I think that that's something that's very integral to him telling this story is knowing that he can trust this person not because he could trust him years ago because he kind of couldn't but because he knows he can trust him now and like i don't think that daniel recognizes that he's entering into the situation with louis the way that we understand as a viewer right like the Mm -hmm. way we're analyzing now i don't think that he realizes that louis knows all of this about him right Mm -hmm. until louis admits well i know you have parkinson's right is that what's going on with you like until louis like kind of comes out with it i don't think it occurs to this guy that that's why this matters until Mm -hmm. louis is kind of more confrontational um which is another thing like i really really enjoy like i really like the kind of um it's very taut in the first episode the banter between them right Mm -hmm. like you can tell that louis is trying to be playful and that this dude is not having it, right? He's not in the mood. Yeah. This is not where his head is at. He's just like, I need to get the job and I need to go home. Um, I don't know why I'm here, right? He doesn't mm-hmm. know why he came. Mm-hmm. He's flown across the globe. And he doesn't know why he's there. Louis like, why are you yeah. here then? And he's like, I don't know. Like, because I am. Like, <laughs> He's like, I had nothing else going on. So, <laughs> so here well. we are. Like, here like, I am. I like- the idea because at this point he's a divorced man who's all of his kids are grown up and moved out he's alone Mm. in his apartment he's bored out of his mind he's dying he's like all right whatever i'll come do your interview this is so stupid but fine Mm -hmm. what else do i have going on my my calendar's free you know so he's like whatever and i I love (laughs) i love the way they show him like recording like you know the visceral I used to record on tapes. Now I have a MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like something about it just yeah. really gets to me. It's 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 very very good, and I think that like for people who are fans of the original, I think there were a lot of people. Of course, you know, white people getting outraged that there's a black man that's supposed to be a white person and blah blah blah. Right? Uh. There was a lot of a lot of dust up when that happened. People were really really upset and offended. Um, but I honestly think they're doing a great job. Um, there are some things. Lovely. Yeah, there are some things that I would change about the way that blackness is depicted and about the historical pieces of it. Yeah. There's some historical stuff that doesn't jive, which we'll get into later. But like, I think that overall, 
um, having this conversation, especially setting it, it's very bold that they would set it in our world with the whole Mm -hmm. pandemic thing, right? With COVID. Like the fact that they're setting it in our universe is something that I find extremely compelling, especially knowing that they are building this entire community. There's even Mm -hmm. a nod. And and part of this is because they're trying to build a universe, but there's a nod to the Mayfair witches. I didn't catch it because obviously. Yeah. There's, there's like a little like tip of the hat Mm -hmm. uh, to them. Um, And I think it's interesting that, uh that that happens um because again like it's nice to know that they care you know what i mean about this world and about this universe and trying to like pay their respects to the writer Mm -hmm. to the author and rice is credited as an executive producer in this because the production started before she died Mm -hmm. um and so is her son actually Uh, i told you her Mm -hmm. son is a queer uh author christopher Mm -hmm. rice he's also credited um, with the show which kind of makes me wonder if that's why it's a little gayer and when i say a little i mean a lot um, yes when we start our flashbacks i gotta tell y'all it gets gay real fast real quick um, i did not i did not expect it to be gay in the first episode but it is mm-hmm. and it is not a mistake um it's so good <laughs> it I, is I, great like <laughs> i'm willing to pay for amc plus for season oh, two you know same like, <laughs> yeah they are willing to they do got it me. Yeah, yeah. They got I'm it. sold. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like yeah. the one streaming platform where they gave me a seven day free trial and I'm actually going to come back, you know? Yeah, like, yeah I agree. For this specifically, and it makes me hopeful for Mayfair Witches, which I Same. have not read yet, but yeah. I'm, I mean, I might not even read it. I might just watch it because, oh my God, like, yeah, it's so good. Well, the it's first so one, so the first one is, is bulky. Mm-hmm. The first one I'd say is going to be probably about the same time uh, time expectancy. You should expect the same amount of time uh, mm-hmm. as Interview with the Vampire. It's about the same thickness. Like the book itself is about the same girth, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. It is chonky. It's a chonky baby. Um, but the sequels, uh, Taltos and Lasher, those are mm-hmm. both shorter books. Now, I'm pretty sure that since I read those books, Anne Rice wrote more in those se- in the series in the series because she's very, um, she really likes writing like within her world. Like she made a world, which is why it's yeah. so easy to adapt into a television show. Like Stephen King also made a world. Like it's really easy to find the thread through all of his books as well, especially the ones that are set in Derry. Um, mm-hmm. Like like the kids from Stand by Me are from the same community as the kids from It, for example, right? Mm-hmm. But um, and it's a Pet Cemetery, right? All kind of similar locations or at least headspaces but they're not as specifically in the same universe as like Anne rice's books are because she's telling a very specific narrative mm-hmm. i'm not sure if mayfair witches ever crosses over with interview the vampire and the lestat stories the vampire chronicles i'm fairly certain that they at least do kind of have they shake hands because i know the talamasca are in both Interview with the Vampire and the Vampire Chronicles, as well mm-hmm. as being in the Mayfair Witches. The Talamasca is like the council of people who know mm-hmm. about supernatural stuff um, and regulate supernatural stuff kind of in that in that universe. So mm-hmm. I know that that at least exists in both places. So there's, a, there's definitely an obvious thread there. Um, mm-hmm. This show is attempting to connect it a little bit more firmly because they're both set in New Orleans. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a one-off. I think when, when Louis is talking about his properties, 
Um, I think he goes, no one's over there at the Mayfair estate talking to them about their stuff. Like it's like an offhandedly mm, like okay. those people kind of thing. But the Mayfair witches are who he's talking about. Um, okay. Because like Lestat is like, you can't draw attention to yourself. And Louis is like, weird shit happens over there all the time and nobody's looking at them. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I don't know. I, I really like the direction this is going in. I just kind of wonder like how they're going to continue to change it because interview with the vampire i'm pretty sure again like i stopped reading when there were five five or six books i think in that vampire chronicle series there's now like 12 i believe there's like a ton more that i have not even cracked the spine to mm-hmm. um same thing with mayfair which is there might be more of those that i that i have not read i've read all three of the originals but i don't know if there's new ones that she's written after that like i know the vampire armand came out in like the late 90s i think or early 2000s um mm-hmm. and i remember that was when she kind of started really picking back up in that universe and there's several that have been published after that even um so i think that um there's huge potential here i just wonder how they're going to keep louis around because it really seems yeah. like a lot of this is going to come down to Lestat, because that's yeah. really he's the, he's the main character of the vampire chronicles this is just a i feel like what rice did was she set up this is who this person is through this one man's eyes mm-hmm. and then the rest of the series is and this is who he is to himself because it's all yeah. kind of from his perspective um or much of it is from his perspective perspective so i just wonder like you know obviously this story i haven't finished it but i know the story doesn't end where the book ends so there's going to be a season two of this specific story mm-hmm. i just wonder when it's time to have conversations about lestat is it going to be the same actor playing him are they filming concurrently right where they're yeah. filming all those stories at the same time are they going to get somebody different to play young lestat um yeah really well cast by the way i had i had i had a problem with him for like the first five minutes i was just like you're kind of corny like you have like a dumb voice and i don't know how i feel about you you're kind of bugging me out a little bit and then i was Mm -hmm. like then that scene with them on the balcony Mm -hmm. with uh with the 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 beautiful sex worker lady that they're Mm -hmm. all like chit-chatting flirting up i was like I like how arrogant he is. He's like really awful. He's so shitty. Like he like doesn't take anything seriously at all. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, well that, that is Lestat. Lestat is not a serious person. Serious is the last thing I would describe Lestat as. Um, And I feel like Tom Cruise's take on Lestat was a little more serious. He definitely gets happy go lucky, which I enjoy very much Mm -hmm. because Tom Cruise is usually himself in every movie. And I feel Mm -hmm. like he actually did a good job not being Tom Cruise for once. Um, but I like the take that this guy is doing because he's he's open about his attraction to finery. He's open about his standards. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to just care about the money, which like original Lestat only cared about the money. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that what this show does is it takes elements of who we find Lestat out to be in the books later on after interview mm-hmm. and gives it to you a little earlier. Right. Because Louis is able to kind of have this new lens and this new understanding of who Lestat was as a person and I'm sure has done the research, right? Because he has this whole collection of artifacts and things, right, of vampire mm-hmm. culture. So I imagine that this version of Louis probably knows all about Lestat's adventures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, knows, you know, about Akasha, for example, right? And Egypt and Ankil and all of that stuff that Lestat eventually finds out about. I imagine that this version of Louis probably understands more and that's why he wants part of why he wants to talk to the guy. So I do like that they include they don't just make him petty, which is how he's characterized in the book. He's just a petty yeah. shit, right? Who just wants money. He's greedy. He's selfish. This Lestat is still greedy. He's still selfish, right? Mm-hmm. But like his care and his love of Louis comes across a lot better here than I think it does in the movie. 
yeah. personally. Yeah, I think so too. I think, mm-hmm. well, obviously they can actually be in love, which is beautiful. Yes, yes. And, and they, I, are, they are in love. They oh, fight yeah. like little old people. <laughs> I, I just, I love the relationship between the two of them in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. But and I love okay. that they let Louis be gay too. Like, yes. Like, it's interesting that they show, they portray Lestat as being bisexual. Mm-hmm. And they were like pansexual, really, because Lestat's like, if you're cute, you're cute. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and Louis is like, I thought I liked ladies, but. Eh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like, I like that they allow him to just be like, I like boys. Right. Men are yeah. beautiful. And I find a comfort in a home in them that I don't have with women. Like, mm-hmm. I love that they are in the show. It's beautiful. It's spectacular. I know. Queer icons. Truly. Yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so let's just go chronologically yeah um so we get the date the another date he was reborn mm-hmm. in 1910 yes. and we find out that louis is basically like owners of brothels i guess like yeah mm-hmm. yeah like so nightclubs nightclubs that seek are secretly brothels yeah <laughs> yeah and Which, his family does not approve yeah i'm honestly not mad about this change because i feel like it is a nod to being a slave owner yes you know but in yeah 1910 so yeah i feel like it's accurate enough i'm not upset you know what yeah. i mean like, well because he's in the he's in the people business just mm-hmm. like he would be if he were a slave owner and yeah. what i what i do appreciate though is that they that they make sure that he is not a abusive uh, yes he's not an abuser right Mm -hmm. and granted louis is not an abuser in the book he is an ambivalent slave owner who clearly owns slaves because that's what's expected of him not Mm -hmm. because he's like i love making people give me free labor right he's not one of the evil like obviously slavery is inherently evil so people Mm -hmm. who practice slavery were inherently evil but he's Mm -hmm. not someone who's actively evil right who's like yeah i'm gonna have my way with all of my slave women and sell off the men and blah 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 right he's not that person um but like this Louis is morally gray and what it yes. means to be morally gray as a black man in new Orleans in 1910 is very different than what it means to be morally gray as a white man in 1792. Right. Mm-hmm. Like worlds apart could not be more mm-hmm. different. Um, but I like that they keep that about his character. He's morally gray. Yeah. He's doing what he needs to do to keep his family safe. Right. Mm-hmm. He's doing what he needs to do to keep his family fed and going about his business. He treats the women yeah. with respect he has women in his business that are in positions of power. He He's not afraid to let people lead. He's not afraid to listen to the women. Um, it, we open with a scene of the alderman uh, being inappropriate with mm-hmm. the woman that he goes to this brothel to see. Mm-hmm. And she she beats the shit out of him. Like, she punches him in his fucking face. Yes. And Louis comes in and is like, well, you clearly deserved it, right? Like, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no conversation that happens where, like, the white guy is like, I want her put out. And Louis's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Customer's yeah. always right, right? No. He champions He's, his people. I love that she was like, he did butt stuff, and I said no. And Louis's yes. like, well. She said no, bruh. Like, yeah, I don't know yeah. what to tell you. Yeah, like, maybe you should have listened to the lady. Like, yeah and the alderman's okay. like i'm so sorry that was my fault by the way mm-hmm. can i just say round of applause mm-hmm. for john dimaggio who plays the alderman mm-hmm. um i saw him and i was like i know that person mm-hmm. i know him 
why do I know him? Also the bouncer, right? The white guy that's the bouncer. I was like, why do I know these two white men? I swear to God, I've seen them before. I couldn't put my finger on it. Eric Bogosian as as Daniel, I knew him. He's, he's a character actor. He's been in tons of stuff over the years. Mm-hmm. I've seen a bunch of him. Uh, he's on Law and Order, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. But like these two men, I was like, why do I know them? So the bouncer, if you've ever watched Euphoria, he is Cat's uh, customer that has the micro penis. Um, mm, I have not seen Euphoria. Okay, so that's a whole other conversation. If you want to have a podcast where we watch <laughs> Euphoria, you let me yeah. know because I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about it. Um, and I highly suggest you watch it. It is uh, an art piece. Watch we it as have a pop culture podcast. <laughs> we do. We do. And then we just do. have me on all the time so I can experience yeah. pop culture and learn the ways of yes. the world. Because apparently, it's, I have no idea what's going happen. on. Yeah, yeah, it's going to need to happen. It'll happen. I'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, so it's um, it's a good show. It's controversial for good reason, but it's a good show. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so he is in that show and his character is very embarrassing and um, it's not a great, his his role is not great. Okay. <laughs> and so it's weird seeing him in this role and being like, is that the guy? Um, he wears a little prosthetic in the in the show and it's like a little baby peen that oh you God. see on camera it's it's a lot it's intense um and then the other guy that's the alderman with like the facial hair like the mm-hmm. the mustache beard situation mm-hmm. that's jake from adventure time bender from Futurama. oh that's john dimaggio that's yeah. funny that's so as good. i'm watching it i'm like why do i know this guy and then there's a scene where he goes i swear and i'm like oh, i know who that is like because we don't know him by his face we know him by his voice so like mm-hmm. there was second where i was like wait a minute and i looked it up and it is it's jake and then for the rest of the show i was just like why is jake being such a racist yeah right <laughs> i like that there isn't like big huge actors in here though yeah you know yes, yes. where it's like there's definitely people you've seen in other things but mm-hmm. no one where it's like they are playing themselves yes like they're not that big to that mm-hmm. point which i am very thankful for because Same. i feel like this was so well done yeah that i it would have ruined it for me if they're like and then leonardo DiCaprio came in and i'd be like no yes. throw yeah, him it's, in the garbage it's very distracting for me too like the mandalorian does a lot of cameos and some of them are good some of them are really mm-hmm. great but then others you're just like i mean that's just bill burr He's yeah right there he's not in star wars that's yeah that's bill that's bill burr i don't and i just saw why does he have a space boston accent i don't understand (laughs) i hate this this is trash can you get him out of here please yeah i just saw the couple seconds of uh jack black and lizzo in there and i know i should be mad but i'm kind of not because i love both of them so (laughs) same i love both of them as well and Mm -hmm. i watched the episode and like i was able to get used to it but it was mm-hmm. it th- it really did throw me off. Like I mm-hmm. was expecting a very different story, and I got that story instead, and I was fine with it. Bryce Dallas Howard is the director, and she always does a great job. I like it when she's in the director's seat. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it wasn't awful. A lot of racists are mad that Lizzo is in the Star Wars universe, which is idiotic. There's lots of black people in the Star Wars universe. They need to leave it alone. Um, I think my problem is that she's not an actor. Like, yeah. and it's obvious she's not an actor. Like, she's not acting. That's fair. She's yeah. she's being quiet. She's not being her usual bubbly Lizzo self. Mm-hmm. But that's like as far as it goes. It's not really. And then yeah. Jack Black is acting, trying not to be himself. Um, so the whole thing is just I very distracting Jack. for me. Did you see the Mario like movie? Bunch... So not yet. That's next. That's probably oh, this weekend. God, yeah. it's this weekend. Okay. It's probably gonna happen. 
all I'm going to say is it's way better than I thought it was going to be. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. Like, I was like, it's going to suck because, you know, they don't have, like, actual voice actors. They have people that are like, oh, I'm just going to sound like myself. Except Jack Black. No, he does a great job. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie was Honor Among Thieves. That was also a movie that I did not expect to be good, was but was very good. I, I was still need to see that one. You yeah. will not be disappointed. It's great. It feels like yeah. D&D. It's good. <sighs> There's a lot of little Easter eggs if you know a lot about D&D. There are a bunch mm-hmm. I missed because I'm medium on D&D. Um, I like role-playing yeah. games, but D&D is like my 18th favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but there's yeah, a lot me. that if you, you know, if you know, then you mm-hmm. know. And it's nice. You're like, text oh, you green flame. It. Yeah, I will. I will, definitely. If you've played the Mario games, there's so many, like, nods to it, which yeah. Daniel picked up on. I yeah. obviously have not picked up on as much because I don't play Mario as much. But yeah. there was a couple that I was like, ooh, and there's a, a Mario Kart whole scene nice yes i love that i heard there's a rainbow road Uh uh-huh yeah yeah that's big um so i i am an og mario person Mm -hmm. i have been playing mario uh since 1989 okay um so i am deeply steeped in mario i played i played and still have my original nes i have an original snes i've got an original Mm -hmm. game my brother still has our our uh, n64 because Mm -hmm. i have not been able to pry it out of his fingers um and steal it because it's technically mine um <laughs> but yeah we were a nintendo my family is a nintendo family by mm-hmm. and large so it's going to be very meaningful for me i know when i see it there's going to be a lot of moments especially if they dig into mario 2 which nobody really liked mario 2 but i love mm-hmm. mario 2 it's great it has yeah. nothing to do with any other mario um the way you play is completely different than the way you play any other mario i still love it it's yeah. really weird and that's why i like it um, they actually so made I'm excited for that yeah, they actually made Peach like a character instead of like a one-dimensional a damsel object. Yeah, Love so I am obsessed with Peach now. Mm-hmm. Um, no one will ever take her away from me. Um, I'm obsessed now. Like, it's really good. It's just so good. I need you to just watch it and just text me because oh my god, <laughs> like okay, yeah. I da- Daniel found like a lot of references. And he used to play it a lot on the 64. He had a bunch of Mario games on N64. So he's like, oh, and this sound came from that game. And Mm -hmm. this is because of that. And I was like, I'd love this for you, but I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Keep talking to me, babe. It's so cute. Yeah. (laughs) But he was like playing different sound bites for me from the other games. And then like the like. He's like, this is like a Luigi's Mansion reference from this mm-hmm. thing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm going to write down notes because I don't know what we're talking about, but I'm having a great time just being here. I'm so excited. Yeah, we'll yeah. probably go see that this weekend. Okay. Yes, please. That, or, that or John Wick 4. Oh, I still want to see that too. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'll see that in theaters. I'd rather see it at home. But yeah, that's that's why I haven't seen it yet. I'm like, yeah. do I have to pay for that? Yeah. I like supporting, I like supporting like BIPOC creators mm-hmm. and um keanu reeves is my beautiful asian bay i love him yeah he's a little sweetie um so whenever yeah if there's like if there's an asian or a black or a latin or swana star in something mm-hmm. um and i am on the fence as to whether or not i need to see it in the theaters like this new little mermaid that's coming out i'm like i know i need to see it in theaters so that more movies are made with black people in them but at yeah. the same time it looks like trash and i don't care about it um and i know i'm probably not gonna like it because i didn't like any literally any of the other live action remakes i really tried i tried yeah. so hard to like beauty and the beast i tried so hard i really sat there and i tried 
really, really hard, and I failed miserably. Um, I, just I got, hate them. I, think I got mad with Beauty and the Beast, how ugly he was when he was no longer a beast. And I was like, what does this say about me? The original? No, the Cartoon? live action. The one oh, with Emma. Okay. See, Watson. because I, so I feel that way about the cartoon one as well as the live action mm-hmm. one, especially because the live action one is Dan Stevens and he's not ugly. That's cousin Matthew yeah. from Downton yeah. Abbey. Like maybe get a beard. I don't know. I was just like this baby face man. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Something about I mean, it. At, at least that's canon to the original. Cause when he reveals yeah. himself in the original and they like turn to him and his face is all like, ah, and he's being hit yeah. with this like light from the bottom. It's very bad. He looks terrible. And I remember yeah. as a kid being like, this is way scarier than the beast. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we are so off topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Wrapping it back around. Okay. So his brother, Louis's brother. Yes. yes. So I was, I was very interested in how they updated him because mm-hmm. I was like, he, he owns a brothel. Like, what are they going to do? Like, is it mm-hmm. enough for him to just be religious? Cause he has to believe that he sees things. And I think that they, they kind of like, they, they code his brother autistic. Mm-hmm. to kind of encourage the understanding that he's different before mm-hmm. introducing the he sees thing right mm-hmm. before introducing the he says angels are near um mm-hmm. and i like that they ground it a little bit more because in the book it just makes it seem like he's not, like he's a nutcase like he's mentally ill but in this mm-hmm. movie it's clear that like his brother's a little different to begin mm-hmm. with and then yeah. religion has has deepened this issue he's already having right mm-hmm. um and I like that they keep his family alive too. Like his mom is there, his sister is there. Like mm-hmm. they have their own support system. He's closer to his sister here, which yeah. I enjoy because you know one of the things that people do when they try to switch the race of a character. Um, and I heard somebody talk about this the other day. Oh, when I write stories, I just write character one, character two, character three, and then later on, I just throw whatever ethnicity and whatever race and whatever gender and whatever sexuality mm-hmm. onto them, uh, so that I have a diverse group of people but that's not how that works right like you can't say oh i'm just gonna you know make this character a a black woman and then character a is facing down a a wall of police in an alleyway and isn't scared no that's not real right that that completely cuts apart the realities of being a black person in america Mm -hmm. where your story is set right you're ignoring reality and i don't like that there are bits of that that happen in this in this show um of ignoring actual history and reality but i do like that when they make louis a black man they it's imperative that he has a pull to his family because Mm -hmm. black families especially back then like family is a very big theme for ethnic people in general if you're ethnic Mm -hmm. and italian you probably are really serious about your family if you're ethnic and polish you're probably really serious about your family it's not just a black thing right hispanic people um you know everybody people outside of of black cultures you know have have very serious ties to their family it tends to be something that you know more like american white people have less of a tie to their family and a lot of that is because of racism right especially Mm -hmm. at this point in our society but I think for black people, it's very important, like family bonding is very important. And I think part of that comes from slavery, right? When you didn't, you weren't guaranteed to have your family when you were a slave, right? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes your mom would be sold, your dad would be sold or your child would be sold, right? Nobody would care. They would just separate families. And that's part of the reason I think, same thing with immigrant families, right? They know what it's like to have to leave their family behind to seek something new and set something up here and hope that they can come over, hope that they can make the trip, hope that they don't die, Mm -hmm. you know, on, on while they're on the sea making mm-hmm. the, the 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 trip to come to a better place right so i think that 
making sure that his family is there in full force and making that the crux of his problem rather than how the slaves feel about him, right? How the slaves are reacting to him and how, you know, he's scaring them instead of scaring his family. Like, I feel like that's a change that was really important for them to make. And I'm glad they did. Um, It's clear that they had sensitivity readers. Yes. Here that they had Mm -hmm. someone doing oversight in a way that Kindred didn't. I think Kindred Mm -hmm. was like, there was one person at the top doing oversight that changed everything. That's how Mm -hmm. Kindred kind of felt like people might've said the right thing. And then someone was like, no, 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 that doesn't work. We need to fix all of this so that white people are less bad. This Mm -hmm. show does not shy away from white people being bad. This show is like, it's Louisiana. It's 1910. White people are being atrocious. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's on record. Go to any public library. It's right there. Um, (laughs) You can read it for yourself. Um, yeah. So I, I do like that they paid attention to that and they tried to really make Louis black, right? Mm-hmm. They don't pretend that he has no issues just because he's wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. They don't pretend, you know, that that his life is completely different or it's the same as the book, but he's just black, right? There's only one thing that's changed. Um, mm-hmm. That was very meaningful to me as a black viewer, for sure. I also like, I like seeing their traditions they also kept in. Mm-hmm. like for louis specifically mm-hmm. you know like yeah. i like that they weren't just like oh you know they're gonna have a wedding in the church like look all fancy like mm-hmm. but you know just like swapping out races i really mm-hmm. like that they were like okay these are traditions that at this time like a black family would have and they right. kept all that in like yeah like specifically i really like seeing did you see the wedding scene yet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where, I can't remember um, which episode. Where they like so, jump the broom and stuff like that too. Like I yeah, kind of like, like that nod was in there. So part of what, cre- what creeped me out in that first episode mm-hmm. with the wedding scene was like the extended dancing between him and his brother. And I recognized yeah. that it was supposed to indicate um, the closeness that he mm-hmm. shares with his brother right it's supposed to show and symbolize that you know again he's deeply ingrained with his family he really cares about these people he has a lot to Mm -hmm. lose right showing that he has something to lose because that's something Mm -hmm. that the original story kind of acts like louis didn't have much to lose right his brother is weird and his sister doesn't care about him and he you know doesn't have a mom and he's he's a he's a wastrel right he's a washed up wastrel who just like you know is a scoundrel and he does whatever he wants and he's he's in the drink all the time and whatever right like I, I get that, but like I'm glad that they didn't do that to this version of Louis. Mm-hmm. The thing that made me feel sensitive about it, and this is what I'm saying about things that are made for black audiences, things that are made for white audiences, and things that are made for everyone. Mm-hmm. I do think that they tried to make this for everyone, whereas Kindred is clearly for white people. Yeah. Um, but I think that um, one of the things that I would have liked was a less extended dance scene, just because in American history, when you look at like movies and shows that white people have made that have black people in them minstrelsy Mm -hmm. is a very big theme where it's like a lot of you know song and dancing and oh look they're happy-go-lucky and look at them they can they can jape and you know it's for our Mm -hmm. entertainment kind of like the scene in kindred where you know the little children come in and they do their dancing and their play Mm -hmm. and stuff for white people like that's very much a big part of why I was like "Mm." and it made me feel a little weird seeing that extended dance scene I recognized what it was supposed to be doing yeah, But as somebody who's consumed a lot of that pop culture, it made me a little uncomfortable for a That's second. Fair. And I immediately looked up to see like what we're working with as far as executive producers, writers, directors, right? Who mm-hmm. is making the show? And I feel like a show that's doing its job the best it could possibly do mm-hmm. doesn't give me that feeling. 
right? Mm -hmm. A show that feels like black people were deeply invested and involved in it. I never am. I'm never like, oh, let me look it up. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a movie called The Alchemist Cookbook. It's um, an indie movie. There's only like three people in it. Right. Um, and it's very small budget. Uh, it's it's no frills. When you watch it, there's no advanced camera angles. There's no really CGI. There's um, it's it's about this guy who goes out and he lives in the cabin in the woods. This black man. He lives in a cabin in the woods on his family's property. And mm -hmm. uh, he's trying to commune with the devil. Right. He's trying to get okay. what he wants from the devil. Mm -hmm. um, so he has this alchemist cookbook and he's trying to figure out how to kind of it's almost like Mephistopheles. And um, if, you've ever, if you've ever heard of or read anything by Goethe um, about this man who basically uh, is has a relationship with Mephistopheles, has a relationship with the devil, right? It's a okay. human man and the devil. So it's kind of it echoes that sentiment a little bit. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's it's it, I bring this up because it is a movie that has, I think, one white person in it. It's like two or three black people and one white guy. Mm -hmm. um, and when you watch it, there are certain things that feel very authentic and at no point did i doubt that black people made it right at mm -hmm. no point was i like who directed this or who wrote this right like mm -hmm. that to me shows that the person who's making this movie has not stepped on any lines right mm -hmm. i watched into the spider-verse did i have to know that the person who directed and wrote into the spider-verse was a black person no because they did a really great job at no point was i like i feel like my blackness is like being looked at in a way that i don't like your right? spider senses like are tingling basically you know what yeah. i mean like kind of kind of like when you watch a show about women right mm -hmm. and you, you know when something has had a healthy amount of woman input because mm -hmm. of how things are treated how you know like oh there's a character that has been walking in high heels all day and she has taken them off and put flats on a woman mm -hmm. probably directed that or somebody who understands women directed that if the woman is in a mini skirt and high heels all day every day she's chasing down cop cars in the high heels right like atomic blonde you know, ain't no yeah. one talking to me no. about that movie, right? Like some, yeah. that's, that's some man's idea of what the perfect lady does, right? So uh -huh. it's it's like that where you get that feeling where you're just like, hold on, right? So mm -hmm. this it's, show hasn't made me have a lot of hold on moments. Yeah. But there have been a couple where I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's too true too right now about a lot of like older people making Gen Z movies yes you know yes where you're like perfect example okay like sometimes it's like you know you can do okay with a woman's movie i'll like look at you a little bit but i've been seeing it a lot with like these gen z movies where they assume that like every gen z person is like 12 which yeah. is strange or like Super they don't strange. understand technology and then they try to be like yeah and then i texted her ttt tree tree hug emoji blah 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 like all these emojis and i'm like do you think we like write in hieroglyphs? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't get it. Like I'm very confused. Like yeah. it gets very how do you do, fellow kids? Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah. like I, I get it from that aspect right. because I've been seeing a lot of that recently too. And yeah. I'm like, I listen, like I don't need you to be the most in touch, but like maybe maybe don't do this. Like maybe yes. just treat us as human beings. I'm confused. Yeah. And like, I can tell you this right now, having worked in advertising, you know, that's how we met, right? Like yeah. it's it's a room full of white dudes over the age of 50 mm -hmm. that are making decisions. And then they look to a person of color or they look to someone who's not a dude or they look to somebody who's not old and they're mm -hmm. like, what do you think of this? And then you go, no. And they go, yeah. what would you change? And you go, everything. All and they it. go, what one thing would you change? And you're mm -hmm. like, oh. 
You're like, God, please. I guess no. if I had to pick from this long list, it would be this one thing. And they go, I don't agree. And then they put it out. Yeah. Right? Like, that's literally it. That's literally what happens. And I think that's what happened with Kindred, right? Mm-hmm. That's Kindred. These black people were like, here's what we made. And the white people were like, right, but white people just look really mean. And everyone's yeah. like, I mean, yeah, but that's. And they were like, no, 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 no. Here's how we can fix it. Hear me out. And then they fixed it in quotation marks. Yeah. And it was terrible. Right. So I very much feel like this show does a great job avoiding that. One of the people that actually directs this show, mm-hmm. um, for anybody who is listening and is interested in pop culture nonsense, um, if you've ever watched 30 Rock with mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin and um, I'm going to forget Liz Lemon's name. Tina Fey. There you go. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, Tracy Morgan. Uh, if you watch that show, it's very old at this point, but it's a really it's it's a funny show about about show business um, mm-hmm. and working at NBC. Um, there is a character on that show called Tufer, who is a black man who went to Harvard. He's very proud of the fact he went to Harvard. They hired him because he is both black and went to Harvard, and they need both of those perspectives mm-hmm. in order to kind of make their show the way they want to make it. So they call mm-hmm. him Tufer, which is super insulting. You should never call someone that or even joke. I've had someone joke about that in front of me. It did not go well for them. Just Mm -hmm. don't do it. Um, But (laughs) but yeah, that's who he plays. Um, And now he has switched from being an actor because he he was really a writer for a long time Mm -hmm. in the comic for SNL and stuff like that. So now he's a director and he actually has directed a bunch of these episodes of Interview with the Vampire. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also um, a story editor, right? Instead of being a writer for the show, because when you look at the writers for the show, some of them have almost no credits. It's pretty wild. Um, They they trusted this show with people that don't seem to really have a horse in the game at all, which was interesting to me. Um, But the guy that's the story editor is black. So Mm -hmm. what that makes what that makes me leads me to believe is even if there weren't a ton of white writers writing the actual material, the person who was editing everything and deciding what was going to go on screen and what the actors were going to say was a black Mm -hmm. man, which Mm -hmm. I very much appreciate because that's oversight, right? That's what you need to do. You need to have a sensitivity consultant. You need to have oversight, make sure Mm -hmm. that multiple people's eyes are on this that can go, Oh, I find that offensive. How can we fix it? Right. Not to destroy your story, just to make sure that people are good. And if it can't be changed, have some kind of, caveat in there hey we couldn't change this but right Mm -hmm. i see it all the time with ttrpgs it's a book set in the wild west here's a little pull quote about slavery don't put Mm -hmm. slavery in your game please we understand it's part of historical blah 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 right just like a little blurb that says we can't change this about this Mm -hmm. world but here's what we recommend you do about it right Mm -hmm. that's great having a little nod and i felt like so far there's nothing there's been nothing egregious to the point where i've been like i need to stop watching this show right yeah i haven't had like a conniption fit (laughs) anything yeah having seen um, all of it i feel yeah. like i would have trusted them with kindred okay. you know awesome. i agree more than, i agree yeah more than the yeah. people that wrote it i feel like at this point i'm like amc listen yes listen, you beautiful baby do over guys do over yeah. guys hear me out <laughs> hear me out what if you just like stole it i don't know like i'm just throwing it out there um because at this point they're not like, doing anything with it literally yeah they're doing absolutely nothing <laughs> exactly i'm like they would have done a drastically better job because like yeah. just from the hints and like stuff they've like taken care of like mm-hmm. the care they've shown so far in building this i'm like yeah. i i trust you you know what yes. i mean like i feel like 
they would have done enough care to make the Kindred TV show just from what I've seen. Like, I think yes. that they would have probably been like, okay, you know, we will actually show white people being trash because they yep. were not afraid to show white people being trash, which is not at all. It's important to this type of story. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like when you Absolutely. change all of this, like you can't be like, oh, but the white people are fine. Like you have to no. show racism in a different balance if you're taking slavery out of the equation absolutely you know yeah and i i love that they that they give that space mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what i mean they give that space and like the white people aren't even really apologetic like i i also like that they make the white people very aware Mm -hmm. of the racism right like i feel like in kindred the white people are almost like dumbfounded by the concept of racism yeah they're like Like, what's me racist i don't know I've never heard. I just have slaves because everyone has slaves. Luke is basically my brother. So, so I don't know. Like ridiculous. Um, I will say, let's see the cinematography of the very first kill. Oh my God. The, all of the cinematography in this is done so well that I I would buy this season just for that. Like, and I was it's a beautiful of, show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when the um, kindred lady, like whoever was doing the cinematography, they're like, and the cinematography, mm-hmm. the care of it. I'm like, no, this is what I expected when you're talking about your cinematography. Mm-hmm. This level, level of dedication. Yes. I'm hesitant to even roast people who worked on the kindred show because I don't know who's to blame. Yeah. So like, I don't want to be like, oh, you can never work on anything again because you took right. part of the kindred show. Because I'm like, I don't right. know which how much of this you know choice. You know, someone else came in here swinging, knocking stuff down, and yeah. ruining things for everybody. Yeah. So I'm trying not to be too like harpy on those kinds of things. But mm-hmm. however, this was a cinematography I expected. Like, yeah, this is what I wanted. I wanted to see true violence and like not shy away from it. And this is like the epitome of true violence in my opinion agree like it's so well done mm-hmm. and then i also really love the stat like i love the way they changed vampire powers throughout this too like i know it's not true to the book but i don't really care no me like either. i know people are like but you can't freeze time in the book i don't care it was cool it looked very yeah. cool when it happened i'm not mad and i think too they also leave room for you to understand what it is because when i saw that scene rather than him freezing time Mm -hmm. i saw him kind of before louis is a vampire Mm -hmm. i saw instead of him freezing time him kind of projecting his thoughts into louis's mind Mm -hmm. and louis feeling like time had stopped because like he's he's having such an intense connection with lestat that everything else falls silent Mm -hmm. but after after louis is a vampire you know that scene where he like gets up really fast to light the cigarette of the boy and the boy's like, ah, because he has like the superhuman speed. Yeah. Like that's almost how I kind of read it when I saw it. Like I just brought it right back to, you know, the fact that they're faster than other people. So maybe maybe instead of time slowing down, it's just that he's moving so fast, mm-hmm. you know, like the flash, right? Like yeah. when Barry Allen is like and does something and people don't notice until it's done. Um, but I agree with you. Like I love, I love that they level up the the difference of mm-hmm. being a vampire. I kind of feel like in the books, you do get more vampire powers as time goes on. Mm-hmm. They don't. The vampires don't stay as mundane as they kind of are in the first book, mm-hmm. um, in the Vampire Chronicles. Like 
it's clear that Lestat has some kind of kind of suggestion powers, right? Mm-hmm. Mind powers of suggestion. They can see in the dark. They're very fast. They have superhuman speed. Um, mm-hmm. There's superhero superhuman strength. They can scale a wall, right? So there are certain things that I think Anne Rice kind of borrows from, like from you know just general vampire culture, right? But I also mm-hmm. think that um, they are they they come into their own a little bit more as the books go on. So I'm glad they made this leap. Like I feel like it was a mm-hmm. positive leap to make because all of those things, while being awesome don't mean that you can be safe for centuries and centuries and centuries of your life right you Mm -hmm. have a pretty big fucking weakness which is the sunlight right and if you can't get into a house to seek shelter you're fucked so the the Mm -hmm. fact that like lestat can stop time the fact that lestat can has has more powerful suggestion um capabilities right that that Mm kind of gives you another way that they're definitely able to kind of survive and thrive despite this huge flaw this huge mm-hmm. weakness in their construction because at the end of the day like that superhuman speed and strength is going to do absolutely nothing for someone who suspects you're a vampire and doesn't want to invite you into their home right like doesn't yeah. want you in their house you're gonna have to kill that person mm-hmm. in order to get to safety right and then that raises questions now there's a body right mm-hmm. so like then that leads people to your location so i think that that it's a really interesting way to kind of keep that secret a little bit longer and by contrast to show how sloppy louis is as well yes <laughs> yes oh so, so good sloppy. <laughs> i do really like this scene this family dinner scene where lestat comes over and mm-hmm. paul's like grilling him and then we get yeah. a tiny tad bit of Lestat's backstory here yeah so we find out that Lestat wanted to be a priest um and his dad stopped him from being a priest and like beat him Mm -hmm. so that's a very interesting take like I don't know how true that is to the original backstory but so I think in the backstory um Lestat does have an element of that um it's been so long since I've read Vampire Lestat, which is when they really go into it, like mm-hmm. how he was when he was young and a teenager. His dad was not great. Yeah. Um, I like that his dad is already dead in this show because, like, mm-hmm. I felt like that was a huge time suck we just didn't need yeah. in the book. Um, but I do, I do remember that Lestat. I think he, I think he's in the book. He is portrayed as a disappointing son. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what he does, his dad is like not cool with him. Like, no matter yeah. what he does, like everything is wrong basically in the book. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that um, I think that's really kind of like the the crux of of his inner turmoil is that he feels he owes nothing to his father because his father has taken from him in his mm-hmm. life. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that too, being able to kind of see that like little bit of a glimpse. Um, and I like that there's animosity that he has for Paul. I like that they're honest that he's kind of jealous of Louis convictions not mm-hmm. just that he's you know jealous because he doesn't you know because he, he he didn't have a good a good time with his family mm-hmm. but also jealous of the bond and the connection because louis is clearly grounded by his family right mm-hmm. in a way that lestat is completely untethered and all lestat wants is for louis to be tethered to him instead mm-hmm. yeah yeah i really did like that i know i think it's i think it's so well done mm-hmm I thought uh, Lestat bringing Miss Lily as like a cover for the two of them to have sex was very interesting. And I'm not mad about it. I I was not upset. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) you know what? Go off King. He's like, yes. Yes. Lestat's like threesome. Actually, Lily, you're so tired. Aren't you exhausted? Yeah. And like, I think that like um, 
the actor who plays Louis did such a great job. In real life, I don't know that he's gay. I don't think either of those actors are actually gay in real life. I'm not positive. I'd have to look it up. Mm-hmm. But I love like how I'm going to find out unashamed mm-hmm. they play their characters and they, how they play their roles. Like there's a lot of flirting between Lestat and Louis in the movie version, right? Mm-hmm. It's very low key because it's the early 90s and we're still kind of being precious about gay stuff in mainstream mm-hmm. culture and it's a mainstream movie. If it had been an indie movie, there would have been way more gay stuff. Oh yeah. Um, but but it was not. It was very highly publicized and big, right? So they had to be careful. Um but I think that like the longing um in Louis's eyes and like the hesitancy of like is this happening? Is mm-hmm. this is this really what we're doing? Okay, I'm, I guess we're doing it. We're doing it. All right, we're doing yep. it, right? Like like I love like Lestat being I like that they never make Lestat feel like his savior mm-hmm. that was something that I was really really concerned about especially in the opening scene when they t- when they first meet when Lestat is kind of talking down to him a little bit in the bar it's obvious that he's trying to get a rise out of Louis like it's clear mm-hmm. he's trying to upset him right and he's trying to like get that like rage going because he finds him intoxicating mm-hmm. but I like that they take it a step further and Lestat acknowledges like I don't see you like that I see you as a man because that's who you are right you're a man Mm -hmm. just like any other but these men see you as a black man and I and I acknowledge that and I respect that and I give space for that Um, Mm -hmm. that level of respect I think is something that I wasn't anticipating seeing and I like too that they also have Lestat make mistakes right like we are both in interracial relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes mistakes are made, right? Sometimes yeah. there's something that you think you understand until you're in it and then you're like, oh shit, that's different. Okay, mm-hmm. well, sorry. Sorry, buddy. That's not what I meant when I said that this wasn't a big deal. It is a big deal and I'm thankful yeah. that you have explained why it's a big deal, right? There's cultural differences. And I like that they give room to that in this like beautiful interracial relationship between these two men um, because things are different for Louis, right? He's powerful mm-hmm. and he has money, but that power is illusory right it's tied directly to the money that he has and even that seems to start to run out in the first episode Mm -hmm. right even that comes under fire like money can only save you and take you so far the alderman was assaulted in your establishment that could mean ruin right Mm -hmm. one incident that was his fault could mean the entire destruction of everything that this man has so like i like that they show that race is very much a linchpin upon you know which a lot of people's wealth and stability was based at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I totally agree with you there. Like really, uh, really interesting the way that the two men kind of portray these characters, mm-hmm. how Lestat is like unashamed, how hesitant and scared Louis is until he yeah. finally finds that liberation, but it comes from within. It doesn't come from Lestat. And I think that that's awesome. Yeah. I did Google to see if they are gay and it does not appear mm-hmm. that they are, but yeah. like, they had they fooled me though and that's enough yeah they had so much <laughs> chemistry yes I was like damn lots of chemistry you yeah know? it was it was spicy yeah because i was yeah. there was never a point in time where i questioned that these two men were like kind of in love you know what i mean yeah. where it's like Agreed. sometimes when straight people pay, play gay people you're like yeah no no i don't <laughs> yeah i don't know about that one it's like yeah. how um in modern family uh mm-hmm. the guy who plays mitch is not gay like yeah but they have enough chemistry that i'm like you know what fine it's fine it's yeah. fine I'll, you I'll fooled me it. you fooled me it's fine yes. you know yes. i won't be mad yeah totally agree with that and 
I feel like, you know, I would prefer for gay, for more gay actors to get work mm-hmm. because there's certain, there are actors out there who don't get work because they are gay. Like yeah. Matt Bomer, for example, right? Matt Bomer is like a poor man's Henry Cavill. He's okay. American Henry Cavill. Like if you look at Matt Bomer and you look at Henry Cavill, there are going to be some pictures that you're going to be like, who's that? Um, mm-hmm. They are both the same man. Henry Cavill is slightly more swole, but he was Superman. So he had to be, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's hard for me to like look at situations like that and like not recognize the reason that this man is not as popular as Henry Cavill is because he is a homosexual and he is out about it, right? Yeah. That's literally the only reason that Matt Bomer, he's I'd, I'd argue he's as good or as bad, depending on who you ask, of an actor as Henry Cavill and everything, right? I like but Henry Cavill. <laughs> I like him too. He's yeah. beautiful eye candy. Is he a fantastic actor? No, he is not. I'm sorry. <laughs> he is he is beautiful, is what he is, right? And sometimes that's enough. Sometimes Ooh, okay. that's all you I looked up Matt Bomer. Yeah. yeah no, I would fine. be I would be if I saw these two men on the street, I'd be like, Oh my god, he was in Magic Mike. Yeah. I don't remember him. He's in he's in all of the Magic Mikes. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't remember him, but Yeah. It's because they don't give him enough screen time because he's gay. Yeah. This man is a fine, yeah. fine man. He's gay, but he is beautiful, okay? Like, he is gorgeous. And, like, I don't mind my I don't mind gay people playing straight. Ooh, Same his husband's ever- hot, too. Have you seen the two of them next to each other? Beautiful. Beautiful couple. Mm-hmm. If you've ever watched Scandal um, oh or Half-Baked, uh, Guillermo Diaz, he's a famous actor. He's been in Weeds right mm-hmm. he's been in a bunch of movies as like a as like a kind of a stereotypical character um he's played a lot of like um kind of like uh more hood thug type latin characters because I, th- I believe he's puerto rican the actor mm-hmm. um so he's played he's played a lot of characters like that but um he's gay in real life right he has a mm-hmm. husband he has a family right he's gay but like he either plays a character that he usually either plays a character that doesn't have a love interest mm-hmm. or he plays a character that is um now i've seen him play a character that has a woman love interest right and uh, an opposite mm-hmm. sex love interest i would say you know there's there's more and more actors that are taking those risks and, and directors that are offering those chances which i really like because historically mm-hmm. gay people are almost always portrayed by straight people and it's super exhausting yeah. and it's a tease for gay fans who watch it and go oh my gosh do I have a chance? Can yeah. I imagine myself with this person? And the person's like, no, I'm super, super straight. Like Eddie mm-hmm. Redmayne coming out in defense of stupid fucking um, JK Rowling, even though he was in the Danish girl playing a trans woman. No, oh my God. that's not for you to do. Right. We all thought you were an ally and we, we mm-hmm. made excuses for you playing Lily Elby. And mm-hmm. now you have made everybody go. Why did I do that? What a shit. Yeah. Now. Right. Never so, mind. Like, <laughs> don't do that. Right. I wish yeah. people could stop doing that nonsense. Um, But I do love it when I see somebody who's gay playing any character because that's mm-hmm. what straight actors do. Right. They play any character. Mm-hmm. Um, So I it's 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 OK with me that these two men aren't gay because they give a performance that is good enough yeah right to really show a positive gay relationship now is it a toxic queer relationship absolutely yes but it would be regardless of whether or not they were gay gay Mm -hmm. actors or straight actors right like at the end of the day it does not matter um yeah and andrew scott he's another one andrew if you've ever seen fleabag Mm -hmm. um okay first of all you need to fix that as soon as possible (laughs) second of all the second season of that um 
Andrew Scott is, if you've ever watched Sherlock, which I haven't seen all of, I confess, but he's Moriarty in Sherlock. Um, he's an Irish actor and he is smoking hot. Um, he's unassumingly hot. Like if you look at a mm-hmm. picture of him, you'll be like, he's handsome, I guess. It's more his vibe. Mm-hmm. Like his vibe is just sick. And you're like, mm, who is that? Put it on me. Um, Dude, so the he's guy in the plays... season of Fleabag as a priest. Yeah. Okay. It is not a mistake. Mm. <laughs> it was not a mistake to cast him. Dude, My watching Sandman and being like the guy who plays Morpheus, I was like oh, yeah. from the ads, I was like, oh, he's he's like okay, and uh, the like first scene, no, I'm no, like, no, fine drink of water, fine oh, yeah. drink of water, because you need the vibe. Oh, you need to get God. you need the vibe to be put on. You need the vibe yeah. and the voice to just get put on you. Yes, and then you can never, then you can never go home. I was like because you know <laughs> jaw dropped. You know, yeah. Like, oh yeah, he says Morpheus nothing. His eye says everything. Yes. So yeah, he's snack. He is whole snack. snack. Yep. Yep, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> having watched Doctor Who, the amount of like people from Doctor Who I see in other things, I'm like, oh. oh yeah. Well, the amount of people that are in Doctor Who that are from other things. Lord Grantham's in Doctor Who mm-hmm. from Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. I saw it watch. There's all kinds there's there's all kinds of cameos mm-hmm. in uh in Doctor Who. You have not seen Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. Yo, I'm finna walk out of this interview right now. I swear to God, Rachel. <laughs> I swear to God. I'm gonna leave here. I'm gonna leave. Oh I, my God, Rachel. I Listen, it's because my mom got too into it. So I was like, I can't. I, I like listen, I said, I know it's gonna be good. And I know I'll see it at some point. But like, I haven't watched TV. I totally understand why you would not want to see it if your mom is into it. Yeah, I. it's on my list of things to watch. But, like, I just started watching TV again. So, like, mm-hmm. there's a backlog going, okay? It's been I about understand. two years since I've watched actual TV. I understand. So. What I will say is, when it comes to Downton Abbey, mm-hmm. there are several ways to watch it. Mm-hmm. One of the ways, if you're a white person, right? Mm-hmm. One of the ways you can watch it is, oh, my goodness, I identify with these downstairs people. They're real people. These mm-hmm. upstairs people don't know anything that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Those downstairs people are hardworking folks. That's who I would identify as. Mm-hmm. Then there's the white people who watch it and go, I'd obviously be a Crawley because I'm a fancy bitch and mm-hmm. I know how to be classy. I feel like if you identify with the Crawleys, yeah. right, and you're a mm-hmm. white person, mm-hmm. you're probably a Republican. Yep. Um, <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> and it's it can be a toxic show for those people because it's showing kind of like the exception to the rule of how people treated their servants mm-hmm. in the 19 in the 1920s and 1910s and stuff mm-hmm. um but as a black person watching it um it's probably the best show about white people i've ever seen and like there's only one black person in the entire show and it does not suffer for it believe it or not we see some vampire healing with the stats finger prick of blood i thought that was a cool element not mad about that we also mm-hmm. get to find out that daniel and louis met at a gay bar yes they did which i'm like what does this mean for the future uh-huh uh-huh what was, does it mm-hmm. mean mm-hmm. for the future i was like t <laughs> because we know he has ex-wives I he does that doesn't mean anything very interested in that because i was like does this mean something does this mean they could have had a relationship more than just an interview i don't know i mean i think that's how it's going to end personally mm-hmm I think Louis is going to be like, I see so much of myself in you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. What do you think? And I think this man is going to be like, this is all I've ever wanted. I've been thinking about you every day for 35 years. <laughs> Could be. Could That's be. That's all I want. 
That's all I want. I won't tell you because you haven't seen it yet. Listen, I'm very excited. See, now now I have to finish it. Now I'm going to finish yes. it today. I'm just going to sit down. I binged this in one day. Power watch it. I watched all I, of I, it. I would have binged it in one day, but horrible things happened. And then there was a flash flood and my mom yeah. was caught in it and it was horrible. So, yeah. No, fair. <laughs> fair. Yeah. It was spooky. Yes. It was not good. So let's see what else we missed. Oh, so we do get Paul, uh, you know, ending his life with just walking off the their house. Yep. yep. And um, can I can I just say, knowing what we know mm-hmm. about the tale of Lestat and Louis's brother in the book, right? Of Paul mm-hmm. in the book, what we know, right? Like knowing that the powers of suggestion in this universe are so much stronger. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just woke up the morning after this wedding, was super happy, spent so much wonderful time with his brother, mm-hmm. had a great day, w- had no disagreements, had no issues with his mental his mental capabilities, mm-hmm. and then just like goes step, 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 pavement. Yeah. I don't sure. know about that one. Sure. Okay, yep. Lestat. Okay, mm-hmm. Lestat. He just was like, I'm just going to step off the building. Sure. Yep. Sure. Sure. I said it in the book. I say it in the show. Sure. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and Armand didn't didn't suggest Louis make Madeleine a vampire either. No, Of course. Of course. Of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then uh, the church, though, is like, oh, yeah, Paul just slipped and fell. Insane. I thought that was uh honestly I'm not mad about that because like I feel like that was the least they could do, you know? Yes. Yes, I agree. It was a way of paying respect and being, mm-hmm. you know, nice about it. But I was still like sus AF. Don't like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Lestat being like, Did your brother's funeral, Louis? Come hang out in my house. Listen. All that did was just double down again. Like Lestat does not understand what it's like to have a meaningful relationship. And it is so obvious. Like I like how forward they are with those hints in this in a way that they aren't in the movie version. Yeah. Like in the movie, it's like Lestat just wants a family, right? Like mm-hmm. he gives Claude Louis because he wants a family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Lestat's like, I just want us all to be happy, right? That's a very different vibe than I have no understanding. Mm-hmm. Your your love of your family is completely alien to me. I don't understand it. Even if I were human, I wouldn't understand it because me and my family are not tight and we are not chill. Mm-hmm. I don't get any of this. I want to take you away from them. I don't mm-hmm. get why you're so hung up on it, right? Like to me, that deepens the experience between the two men because everybody has empathy right to a certain degree not everybody has empathy there are medical conditions that mean that mentally you do not have empathy right Mm -hmm. but like for the most part people have empathy they can understand what it is like to go through something if they have gone through it and they can identify with someone else who is going through the same suffering they've gone through right same experiences Mm -hmm. i think it's very powerful knowing that something that is intrinsic to who Louis is as a human is something that Lestat didn't understand as a human either. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that separates them even more. Like the divide is even bigger because even if Lestat wasn't a vampire, right. That's not the coldness that makes him alienated from family and not understand family. He didn't understand family when he was human either. Mm-hmm. So to me, portraying it in that way is much more powerful than the kind of fleeting misunderstanding that kind of appears in the book. Right. It's mm-hmm. a fundamental difference of, 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 of 
a state of mind between mm-hmm. these two men. It's not just a disagreement. In the yeah. book, it's more like a disagreement because Lestat's dad is there and Louis can't understand why Lestat has such disdain for his dad. And then Lestat can't understand why Louis wants to like be nice to his dad. Mm-hmm. Like they have like kind of a, it, it's more minor, right? It feels more surface in the book. It's like, my dad was shitty to me as a kid, blah, 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 right? It kind of ends there. But in this show, it's like a fundamental misunderstanding. All Lestat wants is Louis. That's all he wants. Mm-hmm. And Louis is like, I want you too, but I have my family. Yeah. And that's just like, what are you saying? Yeah. Right? Like, 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 I don't understand. What don't are you it. talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, I'm over here. Down? I like, have a mansion. <laughs> and also like, we could just go bang. I don't really get it. Like all you can eat buffet. People yeah. won't remember that you fed on them. You can pick anybody you want. Like everything's good. We've got finery. And Louis like, yeah, but like family though. Unless that's like, <laughs> you keep saying this family word i don't (laughs) and also this is like the first time we get really louis differentiating from his family because like his mom fully blames him for Mm -hmm. his brother's death so like already the cracks are starting to form his sister's like i know you didn't do it but like you know mom just give her some time Mm -hmm. and i think that's really interesting that like this is you know we're already starting to see a lot of that separation happening Yes. And I also think it's interesting, too, that they don't make it easy on Louis, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like, like in the book, it's kind of easy for him, right? Mm-hmm. Like his brother dies, he and his sister are estranged, and it kind of just ends. But yeah. here, like Louis is still trying, right? He's still yeah. attempting. Um, I also really like the little Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Um, so his sister's husband, mm-hmm. did you hear his last name? I don't, I don't think so. He's a friend there. Oh my god. Yeah. It's oh my awesome. god. It's awesome. It's like the littlest, tiniest Easter egg for so people good. who read the book. It's like a little sprinkle. Mm-hmm. Like she's married to Mr. Frenier. And I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Because there is a conversation for a minute in the book about Louis trying to marry his sister off to the, the young man who owns that plantation so that mm-hmm. they can kind of just like she can be out of his hair or whatever, right? So that someone else, she's her, someone else's problem is mm-hmm. kind of how they they refer to it in the book. Um, so I like that they that they kept that. It it shows me when people do things like that, it shows me that they are paying attention. You know yes. what I mean? Kind of similar to in the movie um where louis uh and lestat are in the dining room and there's a big kitchen there's a i mean in the dining room there's a big mural um not a mural a uh a a painting like a large painting above the fireplace Mm -hmm. in in the in the dining room and it's of a woman who has Mm -hmm. similar coloring to louis and it's kind of like implied that that's his sister right like she's still there that Mm -hmm. that presence is still there and it's a nod to the book for people who are looking for it without Mm -hmm. being too overwhelming and like i really like that they're that they've been doing that in this show um still rewarding people who aren't new watchers new viewers new mm-hmm. the story yeah i it's so good so well done mm-hmm. um then we get the scene of louis running to the church going to the confessional and him in this confessional deserves its own award agree so well done and agree. then we get lestat busting in eating the priest being like you know what louis i'm gonna say it in love with you bam 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 murdered two priests there's blood all over the floor and louis like you know what that's kind of hot actually yeah he's like i've never had somebody just yeah like because he's like i've never had somebody like make it about me like Mm -hmm. and 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 it's 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 clear too how we get there like 
Louis mm-hmm. is going through this experience where his family is rejecting him for the mm-hmm. first time. They've been putting up with his bullshit for a long time, right? His family is not thrilled that they are into fucking brothels, right? That is mm-hmm. not the vibe for them. Um, but it sounds like their dad wasn't really that great. He didn't really manage the money well. So Louis yeah. is doing the best that he can, right? His family is complaining, but he's doing the best that he can. Mm-hmm. And like, he's going through this experience where like, he no longer has that support system. He's feeling mm-hmm. deeply alone. Unless that is like, look at what I'm willing to do for you. Yeah. I'm in here with you right now. Mm-hmm. I know you're looking to God. Don't look to God. Look to me. Mm-hmm. I can help you. I can fix so you. Good. And all Louis wants is to believe. Like, yeah. all he wants is to believe in him. He's like, take me home, daddy. Like, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ugh, like, it's beautiful. Take me home. Yeah. Again, cinematography, excellent. Mm-hmm. The blood that final tear. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, the closing scene, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Really, really well done show. Um, I am not upset at it. No, they could not have ended the first episode any better. Agree. I immediately watched the second. I was mm-hmm. like, what's next now? I know. I, I'm like, I gotta watch my notes hovering, my pen hovering, and I'm like, click play. <laughs> like, yes. So good. And can I say too, like with Kindred, I wrote chapters of notes Mm-hmm. on every frame right i yeah. had like at least 30 bullet points per episode mm-hmm. this first episode four bullet points i kept forgetting to write notes yeah so same. wrapped up you know yeah i was in it second episode six bullet points by the yeah. third episode i went all right mcafee you gotta tighten up you gotta write more bullet points so this second episode has seven yeah <laughs> the third episode rather has seven and then i go back to six bullet points mm-hmm. in episode four like i know not a lot of complaints yeah not a lot of complaints just great stuff all around so good so yeah, good yeah. having finished it up uh some of my notes here forward are getting, starting to get a little mm-hmm. funny because now i know like you know i wrote it as when i was reading like watching it but now yeah. i know things from the ending and i'm like well it's gonna get humorous repeating yeah. this now yeah so i feel like i feel like this show like tests you though man there's some mm-hmm. stuff coming up y'all are gonna hear about that's gonna tug at your little heartstrings mm-hmm. it gets real sad for a minute um yeah for a while probably i imagine these next episodes i'm about to watch are also gonna be similarly sad mm-hmm. um, but yeah just a really great show i highly suggest you guys start watching it if you're listening to this right now um even if you haven't read the book it is um enough of a carryover i feel mm-hmm for you to feel like you have seen it or read it Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i think you don't necessarily need to have read the book if you Mm -hmm. do you'll still enjoy it you don't feel like you're watching the same thing over and over again um i think there's enough nods to it that if you read the book you'll get like a little extra flavor but if you Mm -hmm. don't need all this like you know tasty tidbits you'll be fine you don't need it yeah yeah agree so good i'm excited to talk Mm -hmm. about the next episode next week but yes. Candace, where can all the people of the internet find you and your stuff? You can find me at that Candace girl, C-A-N-D-A-C-E over on Twitter. You can find me at Candace the Magnificent everywhere else, like Discord, uh, Twitch, and Instagram and YouTube. Um, I am going to be doing some ice cream reviews fairly soon. I bought some new flavors, including Biscuits with the Boss, which is a Ted Lasso ice cream. Mm. Um, So there'll be more of that coming soon. Um, I also do some streaming over on Twitch uh, from time to time, uh, like some ukulele concerts and such. Um, If you follow me on Twitter, though, you'll be able to uh, get clued into wherever I am and whatever it is I'm doing. I do a lot of TTRPG actual plays and improv. So if you like hearing me there, hopefully you'll enjoy hearing me elsewhere as well. Yeah. So follow Candace, 
watch them on all the good things and we'll see you guys right here next week bye bye